Hello, I am your host, Karen Doyle, and welcome to the Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called the Genius Project. The heart of the Genius Project is dedicated to equipping and supporting women of all ages and stages of life to discover what it is that God has placed within their hearts to do, giving them the permission to follow that God whisper and dream, and then equipping them with the knowledge and practical skills to make it happen. Over the years, I've often been approached by women seeking advice and mentoring. They want to know how I did what I did and how they could discover what their gifts were. And once they discovered them, how they could use them in a way that brought life and was abundant. They wanted to know how to live their calling. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream or a passion, but you lack the skills and confidence to take that next step, or you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. Today's genius guest is the very beautiful Sister Rosie Drum. Sister Rosie is a missionary of God's Love Sister and is based in Sydney, Australia. Sister Rosie is the Assistant Director of Catholic Youth in the Diocese of Parramatta, Australia. Sister Rosie has such a heart, as you'll hear in this podcast, for young people and for bringing the good news to whoever she meets. She is a vibrant, down-to-earth, gifted speaker and preacher. She's incredibly pastoral, very musical, basically an all-round, very talented and very beautiful sister. In today's podcast, we're going to be exploring the art of discernment, what it means to know God's will in our life. Sometimes we can get caught up with this paralysis by analysis and fall into the trap of thinking there is a right and a wrong will of God for our life. She unpacks how we can discern God's will for our life and how we do this through the various aspects of our faith, the teachings of the church and the people that we encounter every single day. So sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with Sister Rosie Drum. Sister Rosie, it is so lovely to talk to you today and to have you on the Genius Podcast. I'm really excited about this episode with you where we're going to unpack this idea of discernment and um, working out some of the big questions of life. So welcome and thank you so much. Thank you. It's wonderful having a chance to catch up with you and to share a little bit of what I've learned from my life. So it's a it's a win-win yeah. situation. <laughs> awesome. I know these podcasts are actually a lot of fun because I just get to talk to all these awesome people who I love and who I might not have connected with in a long mm-hmm. time. And it's just, it's a blessing for me. So I know it'll be a blessing for all the women listening as well. Mm-hmm. Now, just before we kick off, I'd love you to share a little bit about your journey because you're a sister with the Missionaries of God's mm-hmm. Love. And I'm just wondering if you, I guess that involves a fair bit of discernment, taking that path in life. Would you just, I guess, give us a little bit of background into your life growing up and I guess how you came to be a sister? Yeah, sure. So I, I grew up in a country town. I'm off the farm actually, so 3,000 acres in the middle of country New South Wales little town called Young and I it was a very Catholic upbringing so we said the the rosary every evening as a family and we went to mass every Sunday but we didn't really talk too much about our faith but um when I was 18 I went on my first youth camp called Summer School of Evangelization which I now get to yeah help run. so good <laughs> and it was my first realization that Jesus is a real person whom you can get to know today 
before that, I, mm. I had thought of him as a historical figure. I would thought of God as someone keeping an account of all the bad things you're doing in your life and yet being willing to forgive you if you be good enough. And I don't even know what, it was definitely skewed theology. <laughs> but yeah, the experience of the Holy Spirit in my life um, through a deep encounter in prayer at that camp totally changed everything. And I look at it as like my, my life had been like a Catholic fireplace <laughs> as in all the, mm-hmm. like the paper and the wood and everything laid ready, which was like the sacramental life I'd grown up in and the the moral compass that my parents had given me, all of yeah. that. And then that experience was like putting an actual match to it and my life was set on fire. So I had this passion for wow. God and for knowing him and for prayer that I'd never had before. So that, and that was the first time when I started hearing people saying, yeah, I'm discerning doing a year of mission. I'm discerning going into religious life. I'm discerning whether that gorgeous guy over there (laughs) is meant to be my husband or not. And I'm like, what is this word? I don't know. I've never even heard of discernment. You either (laughs) choose to do something or you don't had been in my head. So it was the first time I, I came to, yeah, hear that you actually invite God into your decision-making, which is mm-hmm. the beginning of what discernment actually is. So I was uh, from that experience, yeah. though, of God becoming very real to me in the person of Jesus through the experience of the Holy Spirit in my life that opened me up to what's God's actual big plan for my life, which I'd never thought of. And then three Mm. years after that, when I was 21, I entered the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters. So, yeah. Really? It was only Only. three years later. Those three years were very long, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Why were they so long? Oh, it was just all the turmoil of what am I meant to do? Um, Yeah. How how old do you have to be before you can make a big life decision? Did you have that sense or calling to be a sister from when you were 18 or did that yeah, grow that same over time? Yeah, was when I started talking to the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters. I saw them, I think that was the first inkling I had that religious life is a possibility. I just presumed I would marry some hot farmer living up the road and have 13 <laughs> kids. That's just, I don't <laughs> um oh gosh and just totally did that throw you yeah it totally did because I I saw religious life lived out in front of me in a very real way um down-to-earth women Mm. that loved their faith and loved people enough to want to share their faith with them and yes it just became a very real possibility which is what all our vocations are meant to be like seeing a a yes. Christian married couple that love their God and love their love their faith and are raising their children in that environment just opens my eyes as well to the beauty of yeah. um, of marriage, and a single person living their life to the full as well shows that um, God isn't limited yeah. to any specific vocation at all. So yeah, but we need to have those models yeah. in front of us of of what. Yes, absolutely. Of what it looks like. Exactly. So you had that experience, like that sort of became a possibility for you. And then you had three yeah. years, you're saying, of turmoil. <laughs> well, the first year I spent, it was like the first year after school. So I had um, 
I came back from that summer summer school experience with all my letter um, letter like offers for uni, like waiting for me. So all my placements, yeah. and I thought I don't want to do journalism anymore. I don't want to, which is the main thing that mm-hmm. I had got into. Or maybe okay. I do want to, but I don't right now. What I'd really love to do is go deeper into my faith, and hadn't even thought I could study theology at that point I just didn't even want to face studying anymore (laughs) so I took a gap year which was meant to be this new word discernment a discernment year which just ended Mm -hmm. up being I worked on my parents farm I I started to get involved with diocesan youth ministry and a few different events around the place I grew up in the Canberra Golden Diocese so there was yeah bits and pieces around the place and helped with that. And mm-hmm. then I heard of um, both youth mission team and net ministries, so a year-long commitment to sharing your faith as a, as a volunteer missionary yeah. for a year. So I ended up applying to do that. So the first year was a gap year on the farm. <laughs> Second year out of school, I did a year with net ministries living in Queensland. And that was yes. where I realised some of my gifts and my talents. I, I grew in my prayer life and and the passion of my heart, I suppose, was op- opened up to me. I, I saw that everything I want to do is to help people know how much God loves them and to know the, the living relationship yes. that is possible. With Towards the end of that yes. year, I realised I don't want to just do another year commitment. I want to give the whole of my life somewhere. And if that means like a marriage that's a missionary marriage, then that's awesome. But there was no guy in the picture at the time, so I thought, no hot farmer. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what those boys down the street would think if they heard this. Exactly. They missed their chance. (laughs) Then that third year, you you moved into that year. I did go to uni. I was studying theology, I mean uh, journalism, and I um, started really visiting religious orders I thought since I'm not um, dating anyone at the moment now would be a great time to really open up the idea in a proper way of consecrated life at least either dismiss that or (laughs) embrace it whichever way yeah so and that year was when I yeah visited the missionaries of God's love sisters as well as about two or three other orders and this is the yeah the place where I felt most at home spiritually it's always a, a process entering religious life you're not just I make mm. a decision but the sisters are making a decision as well whether they feel like I'm, I'm fitting in yeah. with the way that we live yeah. our life whether I'm I look like I'm going to be flourishing in it or miserable <laughs> I felt like a very long three years even though it flew <laughs> yeah and there must be something in three years. I don't know if you've heard no. Jonathan and my story, but um, he chased me for three wow. years and I wouldn't go out with him. And then, uh, well, it's not that I wouldn't go out. Well, I kind of <laughs> wouldn't go out, but I had moved to Sydney to be a nurse. I'd moved out of home and I was just sort of finding my feet. And in that time we became really good friends, but he was very persistent in his um, feelings for me. And we did become very good friends. but. Interestingly, before I went overseas, I had started, I was going on a backpacking couple of months with a friend. And before I left, I thought, actually, I think I would like to give Mm -hmm. this a go, like with Jonathan. But I thought, I'll wait till we get back. And the night before I left, he said, 
oh, I've come to accept that this is never going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, so I sort of said, let's let's look at it when I get back. And then we did. We We sort of, when I got home, we dated and, yeah ended up getting married but the three years must be something in that but I know that when it came to marriage and discerning marriage it's Mm. a similar thing of just wanting to get the decision Mm. right and wanting to know I mean similar to you like what I did with my life I wanted it to be what God wanted Mm. for me because I serve him and I guess, you know, we talk about vocational discernment and then there's the discernment of just which mm. job to apply for. And so there's different levels of discernment. Yeah, there is. There? And I think the absolutely fundamental decision at the beginning of any discernment is I want what God wants. I want yeah. God to be at the centre of my life and I want to build his kingdom, not my own. So it's aligning ourselves firmly yes. with God's will. So, for instance, Yes. You can't discern. I can't discern being a religious sister or a bank robber because one's against the will of God. That's not being a sister. <laughs> so yes. you can't yeah. discern something that's morally wrong or could hurt others or mm. anything like that. So it's always mm. um, between two good things, which is what makes a, a decision really hard. If I'm choosing between two good jobs then it gets really tricky it's not that's an a job with an evil side to it because then you could easily knock that away and say that that would definitely not be the will of god so yeah so discernment presupposes um ambiguity mm. or, or difficulty or uncertainty because it will always be um, between two good things so how do you open yourself up to what is the ultimate will of god like what is the the more right yeah. thing to do is through a life of prayer. If you're discerning, you, then you need to be really deeply rooted in knowing God and coming to him and regularly talking to him and hearing him, what he's saying. So a life of prayer is actually the, the foundation yeah. to any really good decision-making or discipline. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's so crucial, isn't it? Because, you know, so many spiritual quotes, so many of the saints and the spiritual mothers and fathers are talking about how God speaks in mm. silence and yeah. solitude. So it is very hard to actually know his will when we're really busy and rushing mm. around and we haven't stopped to really sit with it and to be present to his presence and and try and hear from him. As Mother Teresa said, you know, God speaks in yeah, silence. exactly. And that he speaks always through his word as well. It just means that we sometimes stop listening or we've not been paying too much attention. Yes. But he's always um, yeah. speaking to us if we're willing to stop and, and listen. So, yeah the, yeah, the first thing is to actually listen to God and what he might be trying to say. Sometimes that, that also gets a bit cloudy. So while having a, a strong and a regular rhythm of prayer in your life where you're stopping and trying to be quiet and still at least once a day, that we also talk with people. So we're yeah. talking out what we believe God is saying. So we've, we've got a mirror from another really strong Christian soul that can help us hear yes. as well what God is saying. So we're, we're yeah. relational people <laughs> that we're meant to be. And, and it's so important. I know a lot of the big decisions in my life, 
you're right. Like there's so many different ways in which we hear from God. There's inner silence through his word, mm. his living word, through others. And I think another one is just through yeah, our experiences, right. right? How like you have a feeling and those emotions mm-hmm. aren't neutral. Like the, obviously we, we shouldn't be led by our feelings and make all our decisions purely based on feeling, but our feelings do tell mm-hmm. us something and yes. lead us. They're a gift from God, aren't they? To yeah, exactly. Discern. If it's in the right order, I think it's St. Thomas Aquinas that talks about the will, our intellect and our feelings. So the will is what makes things happen and our intellect is our reasoning around why we will, we're willing what yes. we want and our feelings then tell us whether we're on the right path or not. Like it, they kind of confirm mm. the steps before. But if we do the opposite, so we're going to go with what our feelings are. Then we'll make all sorts of reasons about why our feelings are right, and then we will will what our feelings want. And we're yes, yeah, we're stuffed yes. up the system. Yes. So yeah, good example of that. Uh, I was talking to a young man once, and he was discerning marriage, and he had he was a committed Catholic, and he chose to move in with his girlfriend before marriage, and he's like, "But I love her. I, I you know, I feel mm. all these things." So. Another thing to help us discern is, I guess, the teachings of the church as well because the church tells us that we should save sex for marriage and it tells us why. So even though we might feel really good Mm -hmm. about it, we've got these other things, which is what you're saying, what Aquinas teaches us, that we've also got the teachings and the magisterium of the church to help us with discernment. Yeah, and if I will God's will, then I'll pay attention then to what, what is the way that God has expressed a good life. And he's given us the Ten Commandments. Mm. So, for instance, the Sixth Commandment being uh, you shall not commit adultery, if that means that my having an intimate relationship with anyone that's not my spouse is going against that. And if I'm not married to someone and I'm living with them, then I am basically in a relationship with someone that isn't my spouse and is potentially someone else's. So So it's clearer then that that's where I've gone with the will of God first then I used my reason to make clear why he would be saying that of us so my feelings have to actually be led by the will of God not my feelings leading me to hopefully stumble around that's right what I I will God to (laughs) think (laughs) yeah yeah, yes, I know. Oh, there's many times I've prayed that God's yeah. will would be my exactly. will. Exactly. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends well. I have learned yeah. the hard way. I, I truly <laughs> believe that's why Jesus begins his prayer, that our Father, the, his prayer, with your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we that's where we place everything first. And then he goes into the, the the words of petition after that or even of asking for forgiveness because we have to put God's will first. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely the magisterium yes. of the church yeah. lays it out really clearly for us. So often we're not discerning yeah. then. Yeah. If, we, if we're tempted to do then something that's not the will of God, then we're not discerning it. We're really just should be praying for the courage to do what's right and, yeah, yes. move with our whole heart towards God. It's not always easy. It's also yeah. countercultural. It goes against what everybody else is doing uh, in our culture because we, we live in a world that is very much uh, driven by you do what mm. feels good mm. for you, regardless of often the impact on others. But it's really about what feels good for you. But what feels good for you today might be different to what feels good That's for it. you tomorrow or next year and 
yeah, it might not actually be yeah, good for you. Exactly. So it feels really good yeah. for me to eat a lot of chocolate at the moment, and I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> no. not going to be good for me later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not going to be good at all. <laughs> we had way too much chocolate here over the weekend. We had a bit. <laughs> a little on the ill side today. <laughs> it was funny, um, people giving oh, us gosh. hampers, um, which we often get some gifts given to our community at, um, at Easter and at Christmas. But the Easter yeah. packages were full of chocolate and toilet paper. It was just so interesting. Sign of the oh, time. toilet paper. <laughs> That, that whole thing of discernment and and trying to discern what God's will is, I, I'm interested to chat to you around this because when I talk to young women, sometimes they get really stuck in what is God's mm. will? I, I need to know this is God's will. So is there an actual will of God? Can we make the wrong decision if we are following all of these things? Mm. I, I don't know if, if you've ever encountered that. You do a lot of work with young people and the youth up in Sydney, do you experience people who who get a little bit oh, paralysed, I guess, in terms of making a decision that they, they're really scared of making the wrong yeah, choice? But, and and is there so is there a right and a wrong here? Um, I'm not God, so I'm not totally sure on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that there's basically a, a, a whole religious order of, of the perpetual discerners. There's people that just cannot make a, a decision or are too scared of making the wrong decision that they make no decision at all, which is a decision. Any, mm. any um, yes. choices we're making to do absolutely nothing um, is a choice in itself and has consequences. Mm. And the biggest consequence is you're living a life of regret that later on you'll look back and go, oh, I mm. wish I'd done something with my life. And this is, I think, the parable of the the talents, the that all of us yes. have been given a life to do amazing and incredible things with, just by virtue of living it to the full. So we have to do something with it, but it doesn't mean that um, the only way we would be not doing, like definitely not doing God's will, is if we choose sin. If we're choosing mm. to try to do the will of God by making an active decision that we believe is the right thing, then God would honour that surely. I'm saying that from on God's behalf yes. without knowing God's mind. <laughs> but oh, why not? Exactly. <laughs> no. if, yeah. I think you're right, and if I'm, if I'm living to the full what I'm, my position is in, in, at a given time, then I'm getting closer to furthering the kingdom of God somehow with my life. And that's the most important thing. So I think it's possible yeah. to miss a call of God, but I don't think that that's, when I said God always keeps speaking, he also always keeps calling. It's like a dripping tap in your life yes. that he won't stop until you turn yeah. it off. And that's a, a choice. <laughs> yes. I love the word Jonathan uses, imperfect mm. action, that we sometimes just have to take imperfect action and mm. fail forward, so to speak. Like, we take the step that's right in front of us, that after prayer and after talking to spiritual directors and mentors and, and doing all the things we've spoken about, we might not know 100% that this is the choice mm -hmm. we're meant to make, but by trying it and stepping out in faith and with courage, then I truly believe that God 
if, if, if it's not quite the right path, he might want to take us that way for a reason and a purpose to teach us something else, but then bring us back around to a different yeah. path. So I think, you know, just taking imperfect action, stepping out in faith and stepping out, trusting that you've discerned, you've tried to know the will of God and now you're going to make yep. a choice. That's exactly it. And it's think- similar to going on one date does not mean you're getting married to somebody. That's a good analogy. The same as talking to a religious sister, she will not sign you up on the spot. So little steps that we can take takes us closer to where we see God speaking to us and confirming with each little step that we take. So one date can lead to a second date, can lead to a third date, or could end the relationship. So it just—it's just a, a process. Unless you're unmarried at first sight, and then they've totally sucked the order up there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that seems like it a is. total disaster. <laughs> it's on so many different levels. Yeah, that's yes, right. So, um, but there are—I know so many young women that have, have, after months and months of seeing me at different events, have finally had the courage to come and, and chat about whether they might be vaguely called to religious life, and have been too mm. scared to talk to me because it would make it too concrete and um, too real or um, that they were basically signing their life over. And I was thinking um, you would, yeah, that's just totally irrational. (laughs) But I I honestly think that it's not just God speaking to us, of course, about our life where there's an enemy that's trying to um, stop us from living our life to the full as well. So if we don't choose to live in the light and talk to people and and really um, act imperfectly or perfectly on what we're being called or asked to do, then we'll end up stumbling blindly in a very different direction and which ends into, yeah, Mm. a life of regret and of wishing I'd done something. Um, And that's the perfect place that the devil wants us to be in for him. So because we end up towards discouragement and despair and, um, yeah. He renders us totally ineffective then because the the whole point of our life is, you know, you're talking about that parable of the talents Mm. and how God has placed something within all of us to do and it will look different for every person, but he's put in us something that he wants expressed and and brought to Mm. life here Mm. on the earth so that people can encounter his truth, his goodness, his beauty and encounter him ultimately. And you're right, like there's an enemy that wants to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think one of the greatest obstacles for women particularly around this is this obstacle mm-hmm. of fear, at this fear of stepping out, of either fear of getting it wrong or fear of being worried about what people yep. will think of them. And and I think that's one of the enemy's greatest tactics with women which renders us in you know unable to to step out into our call and to do what he wants us to do but you know courage isn't the absence of fear or a difficulty it's just moving beyond the fear and doing what we're we believe is the right thing to do so it and it's totally possible particularly if we're we've got our hand in the master's hand that we're not alone because we've got a a life of relationship with him that we're depending on and we're coming back to constantly, then it becomes an adventure rather than a a fear of failure. Hmm. So 
but it's a, it's yes. a hard place to get to. <laughs> What's your advice there? Like for, for women who find themselves in this position where they they sense that obstacle, where they fear they, they're afraid or they're really paralyzed by this analysis of God's will, like what would be your advice to women in that, that situation? Because um, I get paralyzed by fear all the time. I was almost paralyzed by fear in coming on this podcast and talking to you. Yeah, because really, yes. So, because my feminine <laughs> head goes, so many people could talk about this topic so much better and and get yeah. so clear and more helpful. You're just doing your little bit that isn't as solid and as another person's could be. It's the constant comparison going on in my oh, head. So I'm not immune to it yeah. either. We're all got it. <laughs> But yeah, well, me either. Like, totally, I agree. Like, doing this podcast, I often would think, oh, this is silly. Like, there's so many other podcasts that are way better than this. But it's something that I feel called to do. Um, and I feel like, you know, people have asked for, but you're right. Like, even myself, I, I get plagued yeah. by that too. So it's it interesting, is. isn't it? Can I just say, Rosie, though, everything you say is good. So oh, that's just, very kind of you. <laughs> no, but it's the truth. And I, you know, I, I told a couple of women, young women particularly, that I was going to interview you on the podcast. And they're like, oh, she's oh, the best. <laughs> so there you go. You've definitely got a lot of people's votes. Well, and, yeah. yeah. But, it, it, but we're not. No, and it's from moving it. beyond the fear part. I um mm. and as as we've said several times, that this is an element of risk in following God that we might fail and we might look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we might say the wrong thing. We might yes. choose the wrong religious order. We might choose the wrong guy. We might do all sorts of things. Someone who gets married to the love of their life that they've discerned with a really good period of time may find down years and years down the road that um what they thought was a well-judged and well-discerned yeah. decision wasn't, that there was things hidden mm. that was beyond their control. They couldn't see it at the time, but they you know, are acting. So there's no way of knowing what's actually ahead, but all we can do is do our best to step out and, and have a go. Yeah. So I keep on thinking of that quote in Strictly Boring. I don't know if you remember it. A life lived in fear is like a life half-lived, I think. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yes, and it is. Exactly it. But if I'm stepping out with my hand in Jesus's and we're going on this adventure of life together and he's going to be the one that always, as the God of second chances, can pick me up and help me find my feet again, then it sort of it doesn't dispel yeah. all fear but it, it makes it bearable and, you know, and actually a little yes. bit exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the word you use, adventure. Like it's yeah. adventurous. It's an element of risk and excitement, which I think makes for a very fulfilled mm. life. Well, I hope so. I'm yeah. constantly living a yeah. risky life, it feels like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I married Jonathan yes. Doyle. He takes so many risks. But, you know, the thing that he has taught me, it's been the biggest gift, is that he lives life to the mm. full. And I did not do that. I was very like cautious of making the right choice and doing the right thing. And, you know, and I married Jonathan and he's like, I mean, you know, it, it balances out, but he is very much about taking risks, mm. failing forward and learning from it. And 
you know, living the life that we've got and living it to the full. And that has been an enormous gift in my life because I can honestly say that if I had have married anybody else, I would never have done what I'm doing. And I actually probably wouldn't have found like, I don't know, the fulfillment and the joy and the satisfaction of doing what I truly believe God has called me to mm-hmm. do. So yeah, I, I'm really grateful for that element of risk that he takes. I don't know when it comes to rolling bobcats down our driveways and climbing <laughs> off his bike. I don't know. Anyway, but <laughs> for those listening, my husband had a terrible accident last year where he, this excavator rolled down our very steep driveway and he shattered both of his wrists. But um, for him, that just confirmed this even more, that we don't know how long we've got on this planet. We don't know how long we have our health. We don't know how long we have our mental capacity capacities we don't know how long we have life in our bodies and so this has always been Jonathan's philosophy and and I do love it that we're going to live this day in the present to the to its full so we're not going to live in the past regretting all the things or mulling over the poor decisions we've made and we're not going to rush ahead into the future with anxiety over what could be but let's live today Let's live this present moment, the gift of life that we have with the gifts, the talents that God's given us today to bring his kingdom to earth today. And, (laughs) yeah, it's just like that has been possibly the greatest gift that, I mean, he's given me many gifts, my husband, but that definitely has been one that I just have experienced like the fullness, I guess, of God living in his will because of that that attitude and and when you throw off fear it feels yeah. so good right <laughs> you just we can be so bound by it and it holds us yeah. back and, and it's the and old then, yeah, as we've said it's the the enemy's main weapon that he will use with us and the mm. opposite of fear isn't yeah. so much courage it's love that I'm going to choose to step forward yes. out of love that there are people that need Yep. maybe, to hear what I have to say, so therefore I'm going to offer it anyway. And there are um, someone yes. at this party where I am way too scared to talk to people tonight but will maybe need me and will need the conversation that I'll have with them, so I'm going to start that conversation right now. Or yes. for me it yep. was a our world desperately needs to know the good news of Jesus Christ. I know it. I know my faith. I have social skills. I can to, you know, just maybe communicate the gospel yeah. to Australia. So I'm going to choose to do that in a religious order. And if it's not the will of God, he's yeah. going to show me because I have faith in him to do that. Absolutely. So I stepped out, yeah. you know, but it was a it was the love of people who need to hear of Jesus that urged me forward. And St. Paul talks about that. It's the love of mm. Christ that compels us. If that's at the, the mm. root of all of our decisions and what we're trying to do with our lives, it's yeah. communicating love, then we're going to, it's going to be all worth the risk. Absolutely. And I think what you picked up on then, you were talking about it, it's this attitude shift where it takes a focus of me. What do people think mm. of me? Will I get this right or wrong? And it's, it's turning that focus around to, okay, Lord, how will you use me? How will you use this situation? How can I be of service to mm. you and to the people around me rather than, you know, what will people think of me if I step out and talk to this person at the party or will I make a fool of myself? Because that's very self-focused. Yeah. It's like when we're really operating 
in the will of God and, and moving in the Holy Spirit, like these opportunities present themselves to us and, and we really need to pray for that courage to step into those and not be afa- afraid of failing. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's love that's yeah. going to win the day as we we always you know, Absolutely. celebrate each year at Easter, um, that nothing can hold yeah. love down. Mm. What what are some of the other obstacles and how can people overcome those in terms of discernment? Fear is a huge one and the um the I guess main the biggest fear is being stuck in a place that where we're unhappy. So the mm. yeah, fear's kind of at the root of it. But I guess all of us are seeking real and true happiness with our lives. Another thing that people find difficult is isolation that so not having access to different religious orders or not having access to I'm talking about big vocational discernment I suppose and we're not in the coronavirus isolation (laughs) the isolation before the isolation came (laughs) because we're all going crazy with that But, but yes, you're right. Like yeah, people, I was, who- was going to say, like when the the choices aren't actually uh, in front of you. So if you feel, I think with all my gifts and my talents, I'm called to marriage, but there's no Catholic men around. There's no option there, yep. or I don't know um, mm. of a, a particular position or in a, a job where I can actually express my faith, and I feel like that's what I'm called to do. Or if you know what I mean, like the lack of options that people can feel or find yes and that's a massive one but I believe that's the answer to that and it's not the most popular answer is a waiting on the Lord is a trusting in him Mm -hmm. and coming back again to that solid relationship that I have with God that he's going to ask me in a very clear way and make it clear and open up doors if that's what he wills for my life um, but it, yeah. it's very hard to know what action do what do I make happen in my life, and what do I wait for mm. to happen? And I don't. Yeah, exactly. How do you do that? <laughs> do you have any gold answers there? Because <laughs> that's a very good question, mm. and I think one that we can get quite. Yeah, it's it's quite mm. a confronting question. Yeah, because I know a I, lot a lot yeah. of young ish women. So young women, but also women that are getting older, <laughs> who that's it. Like the biological clocks are ticking, and they really do want to be mothers. And they really do want marriage, yeah. but they don't want to compromise their beliefs and compromise the beauty of what mm. a marriage could be in rushing into a less than ideal relationship. So what what do you do in that? And it's a yeah. the fundamental truth I think and again it's just my opinion (laughs) is that every single life (laughs) has value and purpose regardless of these big decisions that we make about our life so no one no one should feel like they've got a second rate deal because they're called to um, give themselves generously in a way that's not physical or biological motherhood that we're all called yes. to still yeah. be loving and nurturing people around us in whatever way we can. We can do that in so many different ways. If we're not too hung up on the idea of I really want this specific path to happen in my life and to, to be the way that I build up the kingdom of God. So I believe that God 
gives us yeah. lots and lots of yeah. ways to build up his kingdom and to communicate his love that isn't restricted to the three possibilities of um, consecrated life or single life or yes. married life. And if we're not in one of them that we really want to be in, yeah. then we're stuffed. I don't believe that's the truth. Yeah. But, no, yeah. no, neither do I. And I think Jacques Philippe has this beautiful line where he says, you know, that we need to consent to that which we have mm. not chosen. Mm. And and sometimes, you know, we might not have chosen, like I know Jonathan and I went through six years mm. of infertility, you know, and praise God, he blessed us with three kids. But, you know, that doesn't happen for everybody. And there's people who you know, say of cancer or, you know, whatever it is, like there's situations that happen to us which we haven't chosen, but to somehow just consent to them and to to surrender to them and to surrender to what the Lord might do in those situations, mm. I think gives a, the possibility of hope mm. and purpose, even though it might not be what we had planned or, or what we feel we really yeah. want a trust that God is faithful and that he will move, he will act in spite of in spite of whatever else is going on or things that we might really desire, that he is truly present and, and that he is moving and he does have mm-hmm. a purpose. Even when, exactly, it's really hard to see what that purpose is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think I know for myself, I recall the season at the end of six years of, you know, infertility, of hitting like this real despair, like real hopelessness. It was not a nice space to be in. And I thought at that point I had nowhere else to go other than mm. adoration. <laughs> like not even my marriage was enough there at that moment. Like, And I just went to adoration and I just prayed and I, I surrendered finally to the Lord saying, okay, this is not what I want, but if this is what, this is the path for my life. I have to consent to this in some way. I have to pray for the grace to live mm. this path. And and so I think it was choosing his faithfulness, even though I wasn't getting yeah. what I wanted, <laughs> choosing that he is faithful, that he is sovereign, and that he's present in the midst of, I guess, yeah, this is a, another tangent now, but, um, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it is. It's dis- discerning in the darkness is is really difficult. And um, mm. I think, mm. but it, it all of it, all of it comes back to a relationship with the God that I know and love and trust. And I trust the more, the more yes. I get to know Him, and the more I get to know Him, yes. the more who I really am gets opened up as well. So it, it then opens yeah. up um, who and where I'm meant to be living my life with and for and how I'm meant to most be communicating love to the world that comes always through a relationship with prayer. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sister Rosie. She's such a great quality and I just love any time that I get to spend talking with her. If you'd like to go deeper in terms of discerning and understanding how to discern God's will for your life, can I recommend a book to you? It's called In the School of the Holy Spirit by Father Jacques Philippe. And he really unpacks in a lot more detail how through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can discern the will of God 
for our life. If you're interested in any of the other resources that the Genius Project has on offer, please head on over to the website www.geniusproject.co and check out the range of online resources and courses that are available to help women like you grow in their faith and their giftings. Until next week, have a beautiful week. God bless you and know that the Lord is walking with you every step of the way. God bless.